Pelvic Rehab Research Podcast. My name is Becca Bissadolshensky, and I'll be your host guiding you as we take a deep dive into all things pelvic floor and research-based. Whether you're a pelvic newbie or a seasoned clinician, I'm here to help busy therapists listen through the Women's Health Study Guide. So if you're studying for the Women's Certified Specialist Exam or just interested in learning more about pelvic health research, we've got you covered. Hey, pelvic people. Today we have a Cochrane review by Panic in 2007 on interventions for preventing and treating pelvic pain and back pain in pregnancy. So this was authored by V. Penick and G. Young, and there was an update in 2013 and 2015 on this by V. Penick and another author named S.D. Little, which I'm going to tack on to the end for all of you who are interested. But for the purposes of this study guide, we're just going to jump into the 2007 article. So Cochrane reviews are great if you have unlimited time and unlimited interest. This review is actually only like 27 pages, including all the references data analysis and appendices. Some of them, as you might know, are like 100 or 200 or even more pages. So I'm gonna start with a quick highlight on their background and objective. So more than two thirds of pregnant women experience back pain and almost one fifth experience pelvic pain. We know this pain generally increases as pregnancy advances and it interferes with daily activities. So things like carrying, cleaning, sitting and walking, and it can prevent women from going to work and disturb sleep. For the objective, the author's goal was to assess the effects of interventions for preventing and treating back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy. Now, these authors did so by searching the Cochrane Pregnancy and Childbirth Review Group's Trials Register in February of 2006. So what were they searching for? They were looking for all randomized control trials evaluating methods for preventing or treating pelvic and back pain in pregnancy. They did exclude quasi-randomized studies, So those are going to be studies which use techniques for allocation to groups that may be prone to bias. Participants are vague. They looked at studies with any pregnant woman suffering from or at risk of pelvic or back pain. Types of intervention are also vague. They looked at any intervention intended to reproduce the incidence or severity of pregnant and back pain in pregnancy. They grouped the studies to allow them to examine interventions that specifically addressed back pain, pelvic pain, or both. So then for outcome measures, those are going to include things like the visual analog scale, the amount of days off of work because of pain, and measures of difficulty when undertaking everyday activities. The authors also recorded any adverse effects to the mother, the neonate, or both, which were noted in the studies. Let's talk about their electronic search just a little bit for a quick understanding of that. They searched the Cochrane Pregnancy and Childbirth Group trials register, which is a mouthful, by contacting the trials search coordinator. So that's going to contain trials identified from one, quarterly searches of the Cochrane Central Register of Controlled Trials, otherwise known as Central, two, monthly searches of Medline, three, hand searches of 30 journals and proceedings of major conferences, and then lastly, four, and lastly, they looked at weekly current awareness searches for a further of 37 articles. So the point being that they were looking for quality studies as best they could. They also identified ongoing studies while trying to trace full text articles of published abstracts. So what I think is great is that they also didn't apply any language restrictions. Exclusions included studies that used methods of allocation that are prone to bias. So those quasi randomized trials we talked about. And that's because they use things like date of birth, date of admission, and hospital numbers or alteration. So of note, these authors did a review in 2002 similar to this, but they weren't as successful. The reasons being that the literature just didn't seem to be there. For example, overall, the methodological quality of the studies that were included was pretty poor, and it raised concerns about the 
potential for bias in the results. Of the eight reports that they did have, only half of them reported adequate methods of allocation, which is that random or blind controlled part. Okay, so then what we care about is what they found in 2006. They ended up with the nine included reports, which were eight studies, four excluded studies, and then two ongoing studies. So four of the studies had a total of 690 participants examining the effects of exercise and water gymnastics added to a usual prenatal care versus just usual prenatal care alone, and then the effects of two different pillows on back pain. So none of the interventions, gestational ages, or outcomes was sufficiently similar And there was also not sufficient data provided to allow them to perform a meta-analysis to determine a size of effect. So of note, compared to women who did not participate in exercise programs, women who did participate in any of the three specially designed exercise programs reported better self-relief of their back pain. So participating in exercise during pregnancy, seemingly seemingly regardless of what type of exercise, had better relief of low back pain. And these exercises included anything from water gymnastics to a program where they are instructed on seated pelvic tilts, which by the way, I spend time researching these articles, but I am equally dedicated to finding out if water aerobics and water gymnastics are the same thing. So to save you 20 minutes on YouTube and Google Scholar, I'm pretty sure they're the same. It looks like the same people who call it a jog bra versus a sports bra are the same ones who call water aerobics, water gymnastics. I could be wrong. So now that we have those hard-hitting facts behind us, let's talk about more measures of treatment effects. For low back pain, those who did exercise while pregnant noted less individuals on sick leave due to low back pain. Women who participated in water gymnastics or aerobics did not develop any more urinary tract or uterine infections than those who received prenatal care as well. So that other study looked at the pregnancy pillow, and this brand being the Oslo, if you've heard about it before, and it was compared to a standard hospital pillow. So when using the Oslo pillow, women reported significantly lower intensity of backache at night, measured on that VAS, as well as during the day. Another piece was that these women report no significant difference in their ability to sleep through the night, so just less pain. So on to some of the articles on pelvic pain. These authors noted that one study with 386 participants examined the effects of adding acupuncture or stabilizing exercises to usual prenatal care versus usual prenatal care alone on pelvic girdle pain. So after one week of treatment, those who received usual care reported significantly more intense morning pain than those who had just received either acupuncture or exercise. There was no significant difference in intensity of morning pain between those who received acupuncture and those who received exercises. What's interesting is that those who received usual prenatal care continued to report increasing lower back pain. And then just a comparison item, those who received acupuncture reported less intense evening pain than those who received PT. So PT and and acupuncture helped with morning pain and then acupuncture helped a little bit more with evening pain as well. The authors also had articles regarding a mixed population of pelvic and low back pain. So three of those studies with a total combined value of 229 participants examined the effects of adding acupuncture and exercise or PT to usual prenatal care compared to either usual care or just one or the other. So either that acupuncture or PT. Now they were unable to do a meta-analysis due to attrition concerns within the PT group. They had a lot of dropout with that group, but they did go on to discuss a few results. Women who received either acupuncture or PT all reported a reduction in pain intensity in morning and evening measures after completing their program, with the acupuncture group reporting significantly less intense pain than the PT group. 
And then 61% of the women who participated in that stretching or exercise group reported that their pain was totally gone compared to only 11% who received just usual care. In one study, 60% of the women who completed the acupuncture treatment reported their pain intensity had decreased compared to only 14% of the group who received usual prenatal care. Now, I know I keep throwing around usual prenatal care, and I haven't really defined that because it kind of varies between the studies. Apparently, usual prenatal care isn't always the same usual. In this specific study, usual prenatal care actually included analgesics, TENS, PT, and an SI belt to help relieve pain. But some studies also just had it including things like analgesics and TENS. So one study also reported significantly lower disability scores in those who received acupuncture as opposed to those who received PT. With that being said, supporting summary data or analyses were not provided. So let's head into the discussion on this article. Although many of the studies spoke of the hope of preventing back or pelvic pain, for the most part, there were insufficient data presented that dealt with this aspect of the research question, and no studies looked specifically at that. These authors included eight studies with a total of 1,305 participants in this review, and overall the reports of the studies were poorly written and they had difficulty following some of the analyses. And those are the author's words, not mine. They only included randomized control trials, so one of which was a crossover study in this review, but in all studies, either the methods of randomization or the allocation concealment was unclear. Regardless of treatment received, women reported increased pain intensity as their pregnancy advanced. I think it's important to note a point that these authors made in that there was such a variety of treatments provided even within the umbrella term of physiotherapy or exercise therapy The timing and the data provided for the outcomes measured were so different, it wasn't possible to get an overall estimate of effect. Generally, those who participated in an exercise program in addition to usual prenatal care, regardless of the duration or the composition of the program, reported less intense pain than those who received just usual prenatal care. So this isn't to say that we shouldn't consider placebo effects for some of these two. Many women who participated in additional exercise programs received acupuncture or used a pillow to support their pregnant stomachs while sleeping, and they were satisfied with the interventions and would consider them in future pregnancies. Another generality to note is that all women who received more than usual prenatal care appeared to experience the same pain relief, seemingly regardless of whether that was land or aquatic exercise, acupuncture, or just that pillow. So what can we clinically conclude from this and what are some take-home points? Pregnant-specific exercise programs, PT and acupuncture, added to usual prenatal care appear to reduce back pain and pelvic pain more than usual prenatal care. Compared to exercise, acupuncture was actually more effective in pain relief. It's unclear whether that effect was due to the treatment or the fact that acupuncture was always delivered individually, whereas PT was sometimes delivered in a group setting. Participating in water gymnastics programs seemed to reduce the number of back pain-related work absences. And then women found some pain relief using those pillows to support their pregnant stomachs while laying down, and that specifically designed Oslo pillow providing more support than just a regular pillow. And the article did note that that Oslo pillow is no longer being made. I think even some of their um, trademark and uh, maybe even their patent is no longer in use. So moving on to the update of this article, there was an update in 2013 and 2015, so I'm just going to go with the 2015 update. The authors were Victoria Pennock and Sarah Little, and the objective remained roughly the same. 
their goal was to update the evidence assessing the effects of any intervention used to prevent and treat low back pain, pelvic pain, or both during pregnancy. They searched the Cochrane Pregnancy and Childbirth Registries in January 2015, as well as the Cochrane Back Review Groups to January 2015 Trials Registers. They identified relevant studies and reviews and checked their reference list too. So what did they find seven years later with now 34 RCTs looking at over 5,000 pregnant women? They found some low quality evidence that exercise, and this is any exercise, whether it's on land or in the water, may reduce pregnancy related low back pain and some moderate to low quality evidence suggesting that any exercise improves functional disability and reduces sick leave more than just usual prenatal care. Evidence from single studies suggests that acupuncture or even craniosacral therapy improves pregnancy-related pelvic pain and osteomanipulative therapy or a multimodal intervention, so things like manual therapy, exercise, and education may also be beneficial. I think individualized care in general is a key take-home point here. They noted that studies would benefit from the introduction of an agreed classification system. That way that can be used to categorize women accordingly to their presenting symptoms so that treatment can be tailored accordingly. A major similarity between positive outcome treatments were that they were individualized and one-on-one. So group exercise is not going to be specific and tailored to the patient. These women had no conflicts of interest to report, and I imagine and kind of hope that they continue with these meta-analyses in order to continue to assess the research behind therapies and modalities to treat and prevent pain during pregnancy. So what's a major positive that I notice is the significant increase in RCTs and overall pregnancy participants from 2007 to 2015. Because it seems like they really had to dig for some of those articles for the 2007 and even those um, 2002 articles. So thanks for sticking around for the update on the article review. I know it's not groundbreaking in itself, but I think it's good to see that there's an increase in literature surrounding the field. Our next study is going to be by Stooge in 2004. I hope I'm saying that name correctly, but it's on the efficacy of a treatment program focusing on specific stabilizing exercises for pelvic girdle pain after pregnancy. And we can get a little extra excited because it's a randomized control trial. So thanks for listening, everyone. I hope to see you listening in at our next episode. Bye, everyone.